Before we jump into today's episode, just wanted to do a little cross promotion with the Peer Health Educators. If you search Cal Maritime Health Education on Anchor and Spotify, you can find the new Peer Health Educators podcast talking about uh, the intersection of health education and mental health. They just released their first episode, Mental Health and Alcohol, where they talk with three fellow cadets about their experiences with alcohol on campus. Hello, everyone. Ryan Rodriguez back on another episode of Cal Maritime's Career Services Connecting Keelhaulers show. Today, we are joined by Alejandra Salgado, an IBL grad from the class of 2017. Alejandra, thank you for taking some time out of your day to uh, speak with us a little bit. Yeah, thank you for inviting me. Happy to be here. Alejandra currently works as an associate editor at Supply Chain Dive, a business journalism platform where she has been since August of 2021. Before that, Alejandra has worked and interned at several media entities, as well as in operations for several maritime companies. So Alejandra, with kind of a unique background for an IBL grad, we'll kind of just dive in first. Um, How'd you go? You went from an IBL major to working as an associate editor for a business journalism platform. Kind of just take us a little bit through, through your journey from an IBL major to where you're at right now. Yeah, for sure. I definitely a very untraditional uh, route. I think I'm the only journalist that's come out of Cal Maritime so far. You might be. So so far. Um, But yeah, I've always been interested in international business because the aspect of potentially traveling, I always found that interesting. Um, So anyway, so when I went to Cal Maritime, my intention was never to get into journalism. I think it was more like a a childhood dream. So a lot of things that I say are going to sound so cliche, but it's like, it's basically so true. I always had this like, dream that I wanted to be in journalism, but I never pursued it because I never, I was never confident in my writing. Obviously not knowing that that's why you go to college, that's why you go to school to learn those skills that you don't have. Um, so actually, interesting, interestingly enough, Cal Maritime w- did contribute to why I'm a journalist now because um, uh, Univision, or translated into English, Univision is a Spanish, uh, ne- a Spanish um, communications network that broadcasts news in Spanish. So the one in San Francisco actually went to Cal Maritime to do like a, like a report of the school, what the school was all about. And they were looking for students who spoke Spanish. So obviously, like uh, when I got that email, I, I was like volunteer, like, yep, I'm down. I, <laughs> that's always been the thing I wanted to do. Like I totally. So then um, I still remember her name her, and I've been keeping in touch with her. She's kind of like a mentor to me. Her name is Luz Peña. She's a, a journalist, a reporter in San Francisco. And um, she all it was was she complimented to me. She was like, you, you're like a natural at this. And then, all, and then she, we just started talking and she was like, you know what, if you're still interested in journalism, you can still merge the two. And I never thought of that. Like it sounded to me like I could do that. So then I was like, oh, so I can do my, I can, you know, mix it together, my business experience with my interest, my curiosity for journalism. So that's kind of how it went. And then after that, I, I after Cal Maritime, I, I moved to LA. I was living in LA for like two years. And then I, um, and then I moved to New York, New Jersey. Um, and then because of the pandemic, I moved back to Northern California. So yeah, so long story short, yeah, that's basically kind of where, how I got where I am right now. Nice. I mean, I've uh, talked to a few journalists and I, I pay attention to journalism. I actually kind of wish that I had gotten that route sometimes. But yeah, journalists, a lot of times you guys take very different paths to get there. It's not like a necessarily go to journalism school and and end up there so so that that's pretty pretty cool um 
So then what initially drew you then to Cal Maritime and the IBL program um, before you kind of embarked on this new journey? Yeah, for sure. So in high school, no one knew about Cal Maritime. So when I was applying to colleges my senior year, I even asked one of my counselors. Um, she didn't know what Cal Maritime was. I think they only had one student from my high school who had ever gone to Cal Maritime. And that was like an engineering student. But I've always been interested in business. I don't know. I just found business interesting because I feel like business is so uh, versatile that it can relate to anything. Like right now, anything can be a business story, right? <clears throat> and so, yeah, that's why that was interesting. I, honestly, like this is probably not common for a lot of people, but one of the top five reasons why I liked Cal Maritain was the uniform. So I have to worry about like what I have to wear. <laughs> yeah, I would say that's not common. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, oh, I don't have to worry about what to wear. I just, you know, one, one less thing to worry about. Um, but yeah, I think that's one of the reasons, like just that it was unique. No one knew about it, the uniform. Oh, and then also the main thing that drove me to it was that, um, the curriculum, it was set for me. Like they literally give you all the classes you need to take and you're good. So that's actually another reason too. And just also my fascination for international, like I speak Spanish and I've always thought knowing Spanish, knowing two languages and then a business degree would, I, I don't know. I just thought that would be like a, like a good mix. Nice, nice. Yep. I know. Very, very, uh, very cool, cool story. So then when, when you were here and, and kind of like you were saying, the, the curriculum's laid out and one of the big, I would say, selling points of Cal Maritime is the internship aspect that everybody has to go through here. So you had quite a few internships with, um, you interned with the state senator and in inventory um, with the Asian Pacific Islander American Public Affairs Association. So how did your internships at Cal Maritime prepare you to enter the professional world upon graduation? Oh yeah, they were so helpful, especially uh, like the Capitol was very interesting just to like to be working at the Capitol was just like a privilege and it was just super cool, right? Um, and I feel like the way those, and, and also working at the warehouse distribution center, um, they, it was like a food packaging distribution center. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was interesting just the way you get to see uh, part of the supply chain, right? So the supply chain is consists of so many things. And one of them is at the warehouse where everything is packaged, shipped, and all that stuff. So um, the way I feel like those internships prepared me is just also the professionalism um, and the advice that people who have, who have already gone through what you did or like what you're going through, whether it's looking for jobs was super helpful and the connections. Um, I feel like it's hard, hard to say, I mean, because those internships don't relate to kind of what I'm doing now. Uh -huh. <laughs> I think they were still helpful, right? Because as I'm covering supply chain, I'm really familiar with how a warehouse distribution works and that's super relevant to, to, to the supply chain. And then with legislation, I guess I'm kind of familiar how that works because of the capital. So in case that's relevant to what I'm covering. So I thought they were really great experiences. I love them and the people were super helpful and and just the, the people you meet, you know, take mm -hmm. advantage and people want to help you out. So if you have questions, especially when you're a student, I feel like you have more of a leverage to ask for help. So do it. And I, I highly recommend that. Nice. Yeah, no, that was I was just kind of curious because, yeah, your internships are, are vastly different, especially with what you're doing now. And we talk with a lot of students here and, and sometimes we're like, well, what if I get an internship that doesn't really translate? Like, what's the benefit for me? So you you kind of talking about about some of that stuff um, and yeah, just the professionalism and how to how to handle yourself for sure. So so then after graduation, you worked in various roles um, before you transferred over to journalism. So what were some of the technical skills you used as operations coordinator for Hamburg Sued and as an associate manager for APL, just since I know that that's where most of our students would kind of be looking for. So kind of what were those technical skills that you brought to the table and had to use um, on those jobs? Yeah, for sure. Um, especially those business students who are taking Bacar's class. 
Excel is super important. So a lot of probably business majors watching this are going to relate to it, uh, especially like uh, working for um, for a, a contain, uh, container uh, companies like um, carriers, sorry, container companies, carriers. <laughs> um, it's super important because just the, using Excel is, is super useful. Uh, your analytical skills, um, you know, just being diligent. I used to um, handle service contracts for plastic scrap and metal scrap when I was with APL. So analytical skills are super important. Uh, what else? I'm trying to, I think those are the two main ones that stuck out to me when I was in the industry, Excel and analytical skills, like being detail oriented is super important. Like, even though you looked at something several times, like doesn't hurt to double check. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. So, so kind of along that same lines, but now like maybe a little bit bigger picture, what are some of the transferable skills that have endured through your internships and jobs? Um, how did the IBL program and then even Cal Maritime at large, even beyond, you know, the curriculum uh, help you develop those skills and how do you connect them from your major to journalism and specifically the work you're doing with supply chain dive? Mm -hmm, definitely. So I feel like I'm going to go into again, like the people, you know, and your resources are super influential to you, to your career. Um, I feel like at Cal Maritime, I'm, I had a lot of people on my side who were rooting for me. And I think that's super important to find those people, those group of people who are supporting you. Um, because when you're going through tough times, like, you know, those are the people who either will help you or just be reminded that you're not alone. Um, and I don't know, I'm trying to think of what classes um, at Cal Maritime were helpful. I think, I mean, for me, I think it's different because I always enjoyed writing, not mm -hmm. the aspect of being graded because I felt like that was very, um, uh, like a downer to see your grade, to your work graded, but um, just the process of writing was always so interesting. And so the teachers there too were, were super nice um, with giving feedback. I think that's super important too, actually. And I would call that a transferable skill too to be open to being critiqued and taking that feedback and applying it, you know, instead of like judging yourself, like, oh, well, I'm not good at this. I can't do this. You know, you talk to your manager, you talk to your teacher, like, okay, you know, I got this grade, which I'm not happy about. What did I lack and what can I do better? Um, and then taking that feedback and using it as an advantage to yourself, how you can improve. So it's always being a work in progress, always being open to being critiqued and, and yeah, that's what I would say. Nice. Not, not getting caught up so much in that, that grade that does kind of feel like a good, bad thing, but, but you utilizing the feedback for sure. Cool. Mm -hmm. So now um, at Supply and Chain Dive, you've been there for a couple months. Uh, what kind of stories are you working on there? What's a, what's a typical day or week like for you as, as a journalist now? Yeah, definitely. Um, most days are different, I would say, but um, I think um, one of the common things we do every day is uh, we send a, a daily newsletter. So we have different newsletters. Um, I help manage the logistic weekly newsletter, which is sent only once a week on Wednesdays. And then I also assist with our daily newsletter that gets out every morning. Um, so the good thing about it is that I'm in California. So I'm in Pacific Standard Time and my the office that I work for there in DC actually. So, <clears throat> so in the mornings, I actually start my day around 6.30, 6 a.m. because it's already 9 a.m. Yep. Yeah. So in a way, it kind of sucks maybe in the mornings because it's super early, but it's nice because by the time it's five o'clock, it's still 2 p.m. here. So, you know, kind of get your day, you end your day a little early. Um, and then the kind of stories I'm working on, basically, um, I go through a reporting process where um, even though I'm not a reporter, I, it, I still get to report stories based on what's assigned to me. So I go through a process of either 
uh, sourcing and re sourcing reporting and writing. So just depending on the day, I'll be working on that. Um, and yeah, just basically supply chains dive story that um, my beat that I'm focusing on is ocean, which I'm super excited because I feel like Cal Maritime prepared me for that. So I'm super grateful for that because a lot of the classes that I took at Cal Maritime had to do with maritime. And I also got a minor in law at CMA. So okay. all that has been really helpful with my writing. So then not only that, so because I went to Cal Maritime, I have this advantage, right? I have this advantage that I was in the industry, in the maritime industry. So I've made connections. Mm -hmm. And those connections have helped me with my reporting with other questions that I've had. Um, so how I, can how I wrote a story about charter shipping. Coca-Cola was chartering vessels because of the supply chain issues that they couldn't find. Um, just the way they packaged the material, they couldn't find. Um, they were using break bulk vessels instead of like regular container ships. So just, you know, that background, being mm -hmm. able to reach out to people who were familiar with the, how those vessels work is, is super helpful. Nice. Um, well, and I, I think we'd be remiss not to uh, touch on just with all the supply chain issues that that have been going on just in, in your reporting. What have you um, what have you seen as as kind of the main issues and um, maybe certain insights that you can give from a journalist perspective as opposed to somebody working in industry? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've yeah, I think the common things we're seeing is that there's congestion at the ports. There's no room to put, you know, containers. Um there is a labor shortage with truckers, uh, which is, there's an argument between the trucker community and the non-trucker community of why there's a labor shortage within that aspect. Um, you know, the lack of equipment, there's no chassis at the ports, but the chassis are, you know, the, yep. I guess, I don't know how to call them, but the wheels that go into the <laughs> Exactly, yeah. They carry the containers. <laughs> yeah, I think those are like the main ones. Uh, those are the main, uh, obviously there's a lot, you know, people can't uh, get their inventory because, their containers are stuck at the port. Like there's all a little domino effect that affects everything. Yep. So I think those are like the main, obviously there's there's a bunch. We can talk about all, I mean, you probably, anyone who's listening or you, you've been to a restaurant or somewhere and there's no, there's lack of workers in the restaurants too. There's, you might go to somewhere and they don't have enough um, of the inventory, which is your shopping or wherever you're eating at. They might have a shortage of straws, for example. So it's a little bit of everything. And then I'm sorry, there was the second part to that question, right? Uh, no, just kind of your insight as as a journalist, and you know, you're you're getting to look at a bunch. I guess you get to communicate with a bunch of different people throughout the process, where somebody in industry might only be talking to like one side or one particular group, you know, in in all these supply chain issues. So definitely interesting to get get a perspective on that as well. Um, something else that you've done, which is is pretty unique, and I know some of it's just because of internships, but you've bounced around. From a, to a lot of different places since you graduated Cal Maritime. So kind of talk about your decision-making process to jump from one job to another, one company to another, because that's something that we get questions a lot in career services of like, well, if I don't like this, what do I, how do I figure out that I don't like it or, or that I just want to do something different? So what was your process for that? I'm glad you asked that because I feel like, I don't know if there's still that stigma, but when I was a student I, uh, at Cal Maritime, not because of Cal Maritime, but just that point in my life, I feel... I feel like there's this uh, stigma of like, well, you need to find a job and like stay there for forever. <laughs> and I, obviously that's ideal. If you find the right company and you love it, you know, it's, it's the best for you, then yeah, like if you get to stay at one company, awesome. But I feel like there's always a stigma of like moving around from job to job to job. So, but at the end of the day, you have to do what's best for you. So for me, I mean, at first it was accidental because when I was with Hamburg suit in Long Beach, um, Hamburg suit got bought off by Merce. So if you're in the maritime industry, uh, you're familiar with that 
mergers and acquisitions are the normal for uh, for carriers. It, it happens. It's normal. So, um, so I got laid off in December. I started Hamburg Suit in December. I mean September uh, 2017, and then December of that same year, I got laid off. So that was accidental. That wasn't like on purpose. So because the company got bought off, I got laid off, and during that time, I was also going to school part time. So I think that's how it helped my journey into journalism because. I was working full time in the maritime industry, but also, you know, catering to my interests, which is journalism, taking classes at night. <clears throat> so yeah, and then from there, I was with, um, I went to work with APL, which was a really good uh, job to have. Um, but yeah, I was there for almost two years, and I had gone really far deep into journalism, and I was like, you know what, I'm young, I don't have kids, I can take, I have this privilege of more time, and you know no one that's depending on me so I can take this risk because it is a risk to just yep. leave your job like that and honestly like literally leave the industry basically so that was very scary for me so anyone who's listening to this and they ever experienced that like I feel like don't be afraid of of, of trying something new because it although as like cliche that we we're talking about earlier is like you don't want to live your life with regrets right you know I rather live a life where I'm like um, at least I tried instead of what if, what if I would have tried. So that was the, that was the case for me. So that's why, um, and then after APL, I took a chance and I moved to New Jersey on my own and I was working for CNBC. I was interning for CNBC. Um, and then from there I interned for Bloomberg. And then after Bloomberg is where I am right now with supply chain guy. Gotcha. Yeah, no, I, I think uh, you, you brought up a good point and, and we do hear it a lot and I, and it might be, I think a little, not that Cal Maritime creates it, but with the, with like the license track students, it's you, you can, they, they come in and they're, they're very focused and kind of at least feel like they know what they want to do. And you get to, you talk to IBL and GSMA, especially, and it's like, okay, how do I figure out where to go? And there is this thing of like, oh, well, I'm going into this and I have to do this forever. And uh, we have, we have conversations like that a lot with students where it's not, I mean, that, that's kind of changing, you know, that's, that's really an old um, not an old school type of thing. Cause like you said, some people are going to find the thing that, that speaks to them and by all means, more power to them. But, but a lot of people are searching and, and being af- not afraid to take that risk. Um, even though it is scary, like you said, like it's, it's not like, it's not that it's not scary, but, but being okay with that. Um, so then another thing that I'm sure you've, you've went through a lot is the whole application and interview process. So, what what kind of advice would you have for cadets that are preparing to go through that um, and advice as they, they're starting out new jobs and stuff after graduation? Yeah, so the interview process, I just, any senior listening to this, please put your, like the, I, I remember being a senior and being, hearing other friends who had jobs lined up even before graduation. And I remember just like judging myself, like, how come I don't have a job? And like, I'm almost gonna graduate. So like, I feel like it's very hard to avoid, but you know, that comparison might come in where you're comparing yourself to your other colleagues, which is totally normal. Uh, but just don't give into it. Don't give, don't give it power and just, you know, keep looking, keep digging. And, you know, um, when you're interviewing, obviously the typical, do your research, make sure you know who you're talking to and like what the company's all about. Um, and honestly, it sounds so cliche too, but like believing yourself, because if you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect others to believe in you? Right. Um, so, and obviously again, network, networking has been so important. Like, even though I'm not directly tied into the maritime industry, hundred percent, like, uh, like the norm, like the traditional route as a Cal Maritime student, 
all that networking that I've done, maritime or journalism, like has been so impactful and so helpful. Like the connections you make, the people you talk to, people will remember you. Um, if you meet people at the career fair or during an internship, stay like stay, especially if it's a place that you want to work for in the future, stay in touch with them. Like something as simple as like, oh, I read this article and it reminded me of you or something like that. You know, stay in touch with people, network and believe in yourself. Good advice. Good advice. And you actually kind of provided a nice little segue into the next question. You've talked about it a little bit earlier, but mentors and how mentors can play a, a big role in our career networks and so on and so forth. So how have mentors played a role in your career, especially with your career change? Um, and how would a cadet or new professional go about seeking a mentor? Yeah, so the topic about mentors is so important. I, I believe, you know, we, t we hear it a lot, especially when we're in college, like make sure you find a mentor. And there's no one way to find a mentor. Honestly, it's not like you're going to come up to someone and be like, oh, can you be my mentor, which you can, but I don't think that normally happens or not in my case. I think mentors kind of happen accidentally. They're um, adult people. I mean, I guess we're all adults, but like older people <laughs> who have more experience. It makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so I don't know. Well, what was the second part of that question? Um, just how, like, so is you being a young, how did you go about seeking out mentors or just kind of developing that relationship with someone um, being proactive about it? Yeah, so for me, I think I... Um, for mentors were people that I met, like people that I, when I went to uh, career fairs, whether it was at Cal Maritime or other career fairs, um, like I, I attended a lot of uh, journalism career fairs. Um, that was super helpful. Also, like depending on your major, not just business students, if there's like, um, if, is there's, if there is associations or groups out there, like for example, for me, um, I'm part, I'm a member of the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. So every year they have a career fair conference and you get to attend different workshops and like it, whatever career you're in, I'm pretty sure there's an association. Yeah, always professional associations. Yeah, yeah, professional associations. Yeah. So I, I, for me, those have worked. So if whatever major you are, go look for those and guarantee you'll find a mentor, people you talk to, you keep in touch with. Even like when you get a job or an internship, those, whoever was your manager at that time, I think managers, one of my managers um, who I, who was my manager when I was at APL, I consider him my mentor. So I stay in touch with him and I stay in touch with him and he's able to like, you know, I can pick his brain. Like, what do you think of this? Or, you know, like not being afraid to ask questions. So mm -hmm. it, your mentor can be anyone. There's just, there's no one way. Yeah, no, to totally. It doesn't even have to be, be in your field. There's a lot of life experiences to those, those transferable skills that, that people always talk about for sure. So, um, and one of the reasons, like I told you before we hopped on that, that I was interested in talking to you is because your priorities kind of clearly changed in per, through as your career progressed. So um, just again, kind of talk a little bit just about that and, and maybe I guess how you got comfortable with these changes and moving around and, and figuring out where your passion lied. Yeah. So um, how my priorities shifted, right. As my mm -hmm. career. Yep. So basically um, it's going to be different for everyone. So I feel like something, a great advice that a great friend of mine gave me, she told me, you need to, um, early in life, you need to know what success means to you because success means so many different things to different people. So I think once you know what success means to you, I think that's what's going to clear your priorities, right? Like my, my success is that I, you know, whatever, find a job that I love and that I get into the field that I'm interested in. For some, it's like, oh, well, I have to make this amount of money. This, oh, whatever is your success, that's you. You cannot 
again, going back to the topic of comparison, you can't compare yourself because how are you going to com compare yourself to someone else's success when their success has nothing to do with what you want? So I think that's super important, defining, defining what you want in life, defining your goals and how to get there. I think that's another topic I wanted to like talk about a lot, goals. It's so easy to just throw them around like long-term, short-term goals, but they're so important because <clears throat> once you're clear, what are your goals in life, then that will shift your priorities, you know? So I think, yeah, so defining what your success is and means to you and what are your goals are definitely what are going to shift your priorities. So for me, it was like, I don't want to have this regret of journalism. I've always had it in my head. It's always been a burning sensation in my heart. <laughs> so what am I going to do about it? So then that's for me, that's how my uh, priorities were shifted as my career progressed. Nice. No, I, I really like how you talked about uh, def defining it for you because yeah no nobody else can can do that even even your mentors in the end you know they're not they're not you so you got we have to find you know how it's going to speak to us personally for mm -hmm. sure so then um kind of last question what what has been uh your favorite part and the most challenging parts of transitioning to journalism for you my favorite part of transitioning to journalism, let's see, I don't know, let, let me start with the with the challenging. So I think the challenging is like completely, literally, I made a career change, which is kind of like, now that I think about it, it's like, oh, wait, I really did that. Because <laughs> it's scary, especially when you're thinking like, well, I spent this whole time in, in school for international business, like, does this mean I wasted my money? Like, you start kind of questioning yourself, mm -hmm. like, did I just waste all this money? Did I waste my education? But I mean, for me, it wasn't because all those skills in college are transferable to what I'm doing. And it's relevant to the to the beat that I'm reporting, um, which is like ocean shipping or supply chain dive, uh, uh, supply chain in general. So I think that was the most challenging part, kind of just questioning, questioning my motives. Like, why am I doing this? Um, obviously, just, you know, career change is scary, especially if you've dedicated so much time into it. it it's scary. Um yeah, so it's important to have a support system, just a side comment on that. And then, oh yeah, moving around, like I literally moved across the country. I moved to New Jersey. <laughs> I was living yep. in New Jersey and working both in New Jersey and New York. So that was also challenging because I was like, am I really going to quit my corporate job and just go get an internship to get like half paid what I'm making? Yeah, I, I'm a step, feeling like a step back too, for sure. Yeah, yeah so I, yeah, and I was, when that happened was that like, two years ago. So I was kind of, yeah, it was just scary. Cause I'm like, am I, you know, you start questioning yourself, like, what mm -hmm. am I doing? Am totally. I, you know, like I'm, I'm this age, should I, I shouldn't be doing internships. Like you start getting into your head. <laughs> yeah. anyway, it's important not to get into your head, you know, as long as you know what your, your goals are. Um, and then obviously my favorite part is like journalism is like super interesting because it's not just one thing you get to cover different things. I got to be at the New York stock exchange. So that was super cool. I was like working there. Um, and I think, I don't know. I feel like my, my favorite part has also been, I did a lot of growth um, transitioning to that because I had to fight all these thoughts in your head. I know this is so like, yeah, it's like sometimes you just have to fight with your thoughts. Your thoughts mm -hmm. are, you know, your fear. A part it, of your it's brain. dominating. Yeah. Because you're, you're, you know, as a human, your body, your brain wants to protect you and you start getting out of your comfort zone. So getting out of my comfort zone was, um, it's been also a challenge, but also my favorite part because that's where the growth came in. Mm -hmm. um and yeah I think that's pretty much it nice well Alejandra that's all the questions I have any and you've offered tons of advice and everything but any last closing thoughts or advice um passing on to Cal Maritime cadets or even alums that listen to this yeah for sure anyone listening I just if I could ever be a source of help 
or even like a mentor, like I would love to, I love helping because I remember being through that phase. I mean, I feel like I'm still in my early career, so I still feel like I need some help, but like obviously a student, if you need help, like reach out to me. Um, I think Ryan, you're gonna share my LinkedIn or whatever detail, No, totally. If you have questions, even if it's not related to your major, feel free to ask me. Um, Yeah, anyone in the maritime industry alumni who have experience and want to reach out to me as a journalist, I would love to have you as a (laughs) source. More sources. (laughs) More sources. I'm open to that. Um, Other than that, yeah, just, you know, another cliche thought, like follow your heart, like your intuition is super powerful. Um, even business leaders talk about intuition. So it's not like a mythical thing. Like mm-hmm. everyone has an intuition. We just have to tune in and listen. Um, and yeah, like something I forgot to mention that I was super important. Um, I'm a first-generation college student. I'm Mexican-American. So I feel like our journey is especially a little bit more challenging in my opinion, because, um, you know, your parents didn't go to college or, you know, you're like the old, like for me, I'm <laughs> you're, older. You're figuring it out on, you're the one. <laughs> Yeah, so like you're, I'm translating for this. I'm figuring out how college works because my parents never went to college. So mm-hmm. anyone, any first generation Latino, Latina, or from wherever, doesn't matter, you don't have to be Latin. First generation um, uh, student, like you know, feel free. I've been there, done that, and like reach out to me. I would love to be a resource. And and yeah, awesome. Well, Alejandra, again, thank you so much for for taking some time out of your day. Uh, this was, I think, a great great conversation, and and it's good to see. You know, you can do a bunch of different things with your Cal Maritime degree. It doesn't just have to be kind of exactly what you got it in. So thank you very much. Yeah, thank you.